Hello there, it's Dallas Travers, and you're listening to Coaches on a Mission, the show for coaches who want a values-driven business that they're truly proud of. Okay, my guest today is Cindy Harvey. Cindy has helped me make two very essential hires in my business over the last 12 months or so. And you know when you meet those people who immediately make you want to strategize a plan to become their best friend? (laughs) Cindy is one of those people for me. I am still working on my plan. I just, I respect and admire her so much. Truthfully, immediately after she helped me hire our project lead, Julie, I said to my team, I can't wait to hire somebody else just so we can work with Cindy again. So Cindy is here today to help you avoid some of the most common hiring mistakes coaches make. Now, before you decide that this episode doesn't apply to you because your business isn't quite big enough to have a team, I want you to think again because whether you need to hire your very first virtual assistant or like me, you've got a team of a few employees, you're going to learn some essential lessons that are going to set you the people you hire, and your business up for long-term success. So a bit more about Cindy before we dive in. She's a hiring expert, a leadership coach, and the founder of Amelia D., which is a company that helps online coaches find, assess, and hire the right talent for their growing teams. After spending about 15 years making the hiring process fair and easy for hundreds of leaders, Cindy, she has seen it all. Now she helps online coaches make sound hiring decisions so they can step into their leadership potential with team members who are connected to their mission. Cindy is a certified human resources leader and an active member of the Human Resources Professionals Association, and I am just thrilled to introduce her to you. So with that, let's get going with Cindy Harvey. Hi, Cindy. Welcome to Coaches on a Mission. Thank you. I'm excited. Thank you so much for having me on your show. I'm excited too. So I shared in the intro a little bit, but I am such a fan because I know you as this savvy, like hiring angel, right? Who's able, like you're so discerning and wise and direct. You have like all of these skills that I truly admire. And I'm really happy that our guests are going to get to know you a little bit today. So thanks for being here. Awesome. Thank you for those kind words. Yes. (laughs) I appreciate that. Thank you. So we are going to talk about hiring today and that's how I know you, but you also have this other side of the work that you do, which is related to hiring, but Just to give our listeners a little bit of background, Cindy and I, as we record this, are working toward adding a new member to our team. And you had a lot of feedback for me around what I needed to put forward in order, like just my online blueprint, right? What I needed to put forward in order to attract the kind of team member that we were looking for. And through those conversations, you shared with me your why behind the work that you do. And I thought it would be really fun to begin our conversation there. If you'd just be willing to talk a little bit more about that. Absolutely. Happy to share that. And I I think maybe the way that I can package that for this conversation is just talk a little bit about my background professionally and kind of how I grew up, you know, professionally as well, which is that my background um, is in HR. That's what I went to school for and landed my first gig in HR 
a hundred years ago, many years ago, and then worked my way up the corporate ladder, as they say, worked for big companies along the way, had big jobs, big responsibilities, big teams. Um, and I ended up probably toward, towards maybe I would say mid, mid level of my career. I got to the point where I was heading up talent acquisition, a fancy word for recruiting in a technology tech company in the in headquartered here in Toronto, but we were hiring all across the US and all across Canada. And so my team was responsible for bringing in all of the hires across the entire organization, all levels, regardless of location. And that was my responsibility is to make sure that that whole process worked across 50 plus offices or whatever wow. the number was at the time. And so, yeah, that, that's my, you know, my career path. And that's how I got as well versed, not just on the recruiting side of things, but just on HR and, and honing, you know, those skills over the course of my career. And so, you know, I got to a point where I was ready to leave corporate and take all of the things that I've done there to do it for myself. One of the experiences that I had while I was in that corporate stretch for, you know, for 15 years or whatever it was, mm -hmm. was that I think probably in part because I had gotten to a pretty senior level and because of the role that I had and that impacted the entire organization, I interacted with executives all the time. That was my client group as we, as we call it. Yeah. And there were you know, I was always in executive leadership team meetings and et cetera, et cetera. And majority, if not all of the time, I was either the only woman in the room. Mm -hmm. I was either the only black woman in the room, the only black person in the room. And that was my experience. And it was very normal, not that it's right, but it was just the way that it was. Yeah. And I would often say to myself, like, why is that? <laughs> you know, why, why am I the only one? Like, I have a wide circle of friends and colleagues, and I know I'm not the only one that looks like me, you know, mm -hmm. who has uh, professional experience and who's smart and who has great things to offer and contribute and make an impact. So why am I the only one that's in the room? And so that was part of what informed my experience along the way. As I was in those corporate jobs, like I would do my best and do my part within, you know, the confines of, of my role to be able to create opportunities to give feedback to all candidates, but specifically to the ones that maybe didn't fit the mold or shouldn't be there, so to speak. Right. And so that's what I started to do. I was very intentional about helping to create those opportunities or if they weren't the right fit, but then to be able to coach them and give them feedback and say, hey, this is what the organization is looking for. This is how you position yourself. This is how you articulate how you make an impact and so on. Mm -hmm. And so that became part of just my own personal work and my own personal mission uh, in those roles. And so fast forward to today, part of my, my work now is on the hiring side and helping fabulous business owners like yourself, Dallas, to add talent to their team. So I have that side of it. But I also do work on the candidate side yeah. and being able to be a bridge between the two and helping the candidates learn how to, particularly women, learn how to position themselves, learn how to articulate their value, how to talk about the impact that they may and connect it to the business results. Mm -hmm. So I, I do a lot of work, I call it professional branding, like learning how to professionally brand themselves. And I think the biggest part of all of that for me is they have to learn how to speak it. 
Yeah. Right. They have to be able to articulate that in a way that influences the interview or the conversation or the person that they're speaking to. Mm-hmm. And so I do a lot of work with clients around, around that part. And then on the hiring side, which is, you know, speaks to the work that you and I do together, is really about helping hiring managers or leaders like yourself to learn how to create a space during the hiring process that welcomes in diverse candidates and to ask the questions, you know, I'm not afraid to ask the, the tough questions and to, you know, to be the one to raise the issue of how are you creating an environment inside of your corporation that is in- inclusive? Mm-hmm. And what I think is really cool about working with companies like yours is that you are growing and will continue to grow and you're creating opportunities for people that may not exist in, say, a, a large pick a company name, a large scale organization, but can add a lot of value to someone's career. And and so I, I love being able to see things from both the candidate side and from the hiring side of things and bridge my experience together with that and uh, and come up with something where everybody wins. So, yeah. yeah. I've experienced that, that state <laughs> magic. And I think that your past experience, but also serving both sides of that hiring process just mm. makes you so skilled and insightful mm. in the work. Thank you. So I want to jump right to something you alluded to, which is how can we create equitable opportunities in hiring? We'll get more into some nuts and bolts for our listeners, but I think this is important and it's related to what you just shared and related to your why. And I'll start with a story and then I want some tips from you. But when we were beginning to define this new role, And you helped me get really clear on like, how do we know we're doing well in this hiring process? And I shared that I want the candidate pool to reflect in particular, the racial diversity inside of my community. So go and do that, Cindy, right? (laughs) This is great, but you have to show diverse candidates that this is a job worth applying to. So there was a lot of work you asked me to do to bring the message that exists internally and in my closed community, bring it to the forefront. So a savvy applicant in doing their due diligence will see that what I say on the application actually matches how we operate. And there was a gap there. And I was so grateful for that. And I especially loved your directness around it and also like your full understanding and compassion around it. So Mm. can you talk a little bit more about how we can make hiring more equitable for everyone? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I love that question. I think that the first thing that comes to my mind is to decide, decide that it matters, right? And decide that, you know, from a truly genuine place, if, and if it's not your thing, or it's not something that feels important or priority for you right now, then that that's okay too. I would say just be real and be honest about the fact that this is something that you, as the leader, you care about and that not just you as the leader, but that you as a reflection of your organization, that it matters to the company as well. Mm -hmm. So I think that step one is just really doing an important self-check, like Am I saying this because it's all over TV or am I saying this because my other business friend is doing it or do I really genuinely believe that? Yeah. Right? So that that's where I would start is have an honest conversation with yourself. And if it is in fact something that's true for you, then to make that decision that this is how I'm going to not just manage this hiring process, but also run my organization. There's that important piece. 
I think if you know you get through that, I think the other thing, which I know really aligns to the work that you do as well, Dallas, is to lead with your values. First of all, know what your values are. You know, as an organization, like that's step one. <laughs> like get, get clear on that. Mm-hmm. But I think to me, what one of the ways to really pull in a diverse group of candidates is to connect with people maybe from a values-based place is the way yeah. to say that. Mm-hmm. And if you have a value, if someone has a value or organization has a value of transparency, let's say, right? And if I'm a candidate that's scrolling through and is looking at your posting, and that's something that I connect to as well, like I will automatically self-select it. Yeah. Right. So if you right. if you lead and kind of part two of that is knowing what your values are and, and leading the hiring process from that place but then the other part of that too is just being public about it, right? Which I think is part of what you and I, you know, work through is mm-hmm. great. Someone has it in their head or it's maybe inside of your team meetings. That's something that you talk about, but a candidate doesn't know that, right? Doesn't know that. And for me personally, if I'm a kid, I always put myself in the candidate's shoes. If I'm a candidate and I come across your posting and in the posting, it says we welcome people from different backgrounds or whatever the wording is. I'm going to go check that out (laughs) and I'm going to look you up on social. I'm going to look up your website. I'm going to Google you or whatever tools I decide to use. I might ask people that I know, whatever the case may be. And if there's a mismatch between what you're saying on that posting or throughout that hiring process and what I see your public voice is portraying, what that does is it causes a gap. It creates a gap and it actually creates mistrust Mm -hmm. between your public facing image and what you're saying. What you say and what you do don't line up. Yeah. And not only is that discouraging, not just for diverse candidates, but for all candidates, it also damages your brand. I believe it really does damage your brand because that mistrust thing comes into play. And you don't know who knows who, you don't know who's looking at your posting and who they're connected to or where they shop or where they're going to spend their money, just from a pure business perspective. So to me, that just, it really matters. It really, really matters. And so that's the second thing I I would say Mm -hmm. um, is be public about what you really, really believe. And I think the third thing I'd add as well is sometimes you have to go outside of what's comfortable for you, maybe tap people on the shoulder and initiate the conversation as opposed to maybe using traditional routes to put your posting out there or or to advertise your job, maybe you got to go to some niche places or maybe you have to work with, you know, a consultant who maybe has an entryway to get into other communities or whatever the case may be. But if it's something that really matters to you, then you might need to do a little bit of, I wouldn't even call it extra work, different work, maybe some little bit of different work to be able to tap into those places where those candidates hang out. So those are some thoughts I would share. Yeah, I remember once Trudy LeBron saying to me that efficiency is the enemy of equity, or maybe it was Mm. urgency is what she used, in particular when it comes to hiring. Mm. Makes sense. So a lot of our listeners are newer in business. A lot of them have not even worked with a virtual assistant yet. So I can almost feel some of them moving on to the next episode because they feel like this conversation should be saved for when they're further along in their business. Mm. But what would you say, how does what you just shared apply to the coach who is looking for a VA for 10 hours a month? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, to me, it's the same conversation. Yes. It, to me, it really there isn't really much difference. If someone is, regardless of the role, I'd say, and regardless of whether it's a contractor or an employee, it's a 40-hour thing or it's a 10-hour thing, to me, the, the common denominator is what kind of environment are you wanting to create inside of your organization, regardless of who's working there or in what capacity, mm-hmm. right? And that, can, to me, can also apply to partnerships that you have or whatever you're doing. Like, it's more about the heart and soul and the essence of your of your company and taking the steps to create that get clear on that and create that now yeah right and even if you have no one working for you mm-hmm. you have no one working for you right how you show up in the marketplace affects who's going to buy your service or who's not going to buy your service right right and who is going to follow you on social or who's not going to follow you on social so mm-hmm. to me there's a there's a common thread that exists regardless of where you are in your team or hiring journey, that will serve you regardless of what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. And one of my intentions for this year Mm -hmm. is to ensure that I bring the same intentionality and love and focus to community building in my team Mm -hmm. that we bring to our community. Mm -hmm. And there was a time where I didn't It's kind of embarrassing to say, to be honest, but I didn't think of it in that way. There was like the work that we do and we are the workers in service to our community, Mm -hmm. but that there's also a disconnect there. So that's, that's been a big focus is really Mm -hmm. having the through line. Love it. Wouldn't it be great if you could just build your business, focusing on your strengths I see too many coaches struggling to fit into a certain mold and they ignore the easy path. So let's put an end to that. What I want you to do is go to dallastravers.com slash quiz. I've put together a 45 second superpower quiz designed to reveal two things. Number one, the very next step in your business, whether that's list building, client attraction, or scaling with a course. And number two, the natural strength you possess to help you accomplish that task. When you get your results, you'll also get a custom built toolkit with actionable items you can put in place right away to finally make this growth path simpler because you're doing what you do best. So the link again is dallastravers.com slash quiz. Go and check it out and then let me know on Instagram how you scored. I'm glad you're here because you know, I've been in business 20 years and I've hired, yeah. I'm, this is not a joke. I have hired someone before because I liked her shoes. <laughs> um, so like if, if this was just an episode on hiring mistakes with no solutions, I could take the mic, but thank God you're here. <laughs> okay. Okay. So can we talk about some of the the key or common hiring mistakes you see business owners make <laughs> and also solutions or ways to avoid those mistakes. <laughs> sure, sure. Well, one would be don't hire them just because you love their shoes. Like that, that's a bonus. <laughs> one. Yeah, let's start there. That's a great extra, but it's probably not the place to start. To me, here's here's one that maybe is a bit I don't know, unconventional maybe, or maybe people don't necessarily think about it. But I think one of the mistakes that I do see oftentimes because I get sometimes brought in after the bad hire is made and I get brought in to rehire and to kind of fix the situation. Right. And one of the challenges that I see 
is that someone gets brought in and the role then gets designed around that person and what that person can do. And why that's a mistake is because, well, and before I say that, let me say this, really the, the way to think about it is you want to design your role around what I call functional areas of your business. Start from the functional area. So if folks don't know, a functional area is sales is a function. Marketing is a function. Mm -hmm. um, finance is a function. Operations is a function. HR, et cetera. So those big, if you, the way I think about it is if you think of a corporation, yeah. you've got the CEO and then her leadership team. There's often a CMO, a chief marketing officer. There's a SVP of sales. There's a chief HR officer. There's a CFO, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. that those people represent functional areas. Is another way to think of that with the word departments also? Sure. Okay. Yeah, Great. absolutely. It's the same, same concept for mm -hmm. sure. And so what you want to do when you're thinking about the role, and to me, it doesn't matter how big or small your company is, you want to think about it in terms of that department area or that functional area, and you design the role around that, mm -hmm. as opposed to hiring someone who can do a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of that, and a little bit of that. Because what happens is that eventually people grow, people leave, and then you've got this kind of mishmash of a role that it's really hard to hire into because it was based on that other person who's no longer here. And I think it puts your business at, at risk and you're, it creates some dysfunction in your team as well. So I think that's, that's really a, a big one and how you think about it. And I think sometimes, especially in small teams, it's easy to get connected to the person. Yeah. Right. Cause you, you know, there it's a small team, you're close knit, you see them every day, but you've really got to kind of step back as that leader you got to step back and think about an org chart. Think about it in terms of an org chart and design the rules that way. So does that feel clear? It does. Here's what I'm understanding. Yeah. Even though on its face, it might, I'm using air quotes for our listeners, it might work to have an awesome person on your team and build a job for them based on their skills. When that person grows or leaves, it's really hard to fill that role because it's based on the person rather than the function. Yeah, you got it. You got yeah. it 100%. And mm -hmm. I think what I would suggest instead, back even to the contractor question that we talked yeah. about a moment ago, to me, it's better to have a marketing person who does like 10 hours a month or a week or whatever it is. And you also have maybe an operations person or a salesperson who maybe the jobs are smaller in terms of time but they are more focused on those departmental areas and you get people who are who have some level of expertise yeah in that area as well and they can elevate the work that they're doing so that's how i would think about it got it so if i am making my first hire instead of just hiring a va service right that can maybe do all the things if i'm really thinking about the growth of my business i may hire three different virtual assistants so that they're yes. experts in their own arenas. Okay. That yes. makes a lot of sense to me. Yes. It, it also feels inconvenient, doesn't it? it yeah, it may. It may feel mm -hmm. that way for sure. And, mm -hmm. and having to manage different things and different people. Mm -hmm. But to me, that's part of your growth as a leader as it's well easy. is to be able to step into, into that role and, and manage your, manage your team as well. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if we're going to get into this or not, but a mistake I've made and I see a lot of my Hive members make is they wait to hire until 
the building is on fire. <laughs> yeah. Right. And then they just kind of grab whoever is nearest to come and, and help. Yeah. And so when I said it's inconvenient, that's what I had in mind. Okay. Gotcha. Right? Like if yes. you're hiring in the state of an emergency, mm-hmm. the idea of slowing down and thinking about functions and hiring mm-hmm. three people instead of one when you can hardly keep up with your inbox mm-hmm. feels like a nightmare, but I've made that mistake. And mm-hmm. you're right. You're right. I'm wrong. Okay. Next mistake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I would actually build on that one mm. that, that you just mentioned as well. Dallas is, you know, kind of waiting too long. I think there, there is something I'm guilty of this too. Like you want it, you want to be ready. You know, I've got everything organized. I've got everything set up. I know exactly how this is going to play out. I don't know if we ever really get to that point, to be honest. So I think being able to, I don't know, have a bit of courage maybe or be brave and step out and make that first hire against maybe start small. Yeah. Right. Maybe start small and get that those wheels turning, get that momentum building with one person, but do it before you really need to do it. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that mm-hmm. that's I think another mistake that I see is that we just wait, wait too long and then Mach three here on fire running through the <laughs> running through the hallways and you can't make, I don't think, a, a really clear sound decision about what you need and, and who's the right person to fill that role for you. Yeah. It's also completely unfair to the person you're hiring. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Something else I think related to this is especially when we're making our first hire, but I'm even feeling it a little bit with this hire. Can the question of can I afford them only looking at a hire as an additional expense to the business? Mm -hmm. But my team is my biggest asset. Mm -hmm. We had actually this week two, I'll call them like accidental, two accidental applications into the hive. I was like, who is this? How did this happen? And that's supposed to be what's happening, right, Cindy? Right, right. Both of them happened as a result of the actions that our new hire is going to take in the business. Mm. And we don't have anyone right now who's intentionally doing them. That's why I called them accidental. And I had this Mm -hmm. moment of, oh my goodness, Mm -hmm. imagine what's possible when Mm -hmm. we have someone sitting in the chair. Yes. Taking these actions all the time. And it got really exciting. Mm. So suddenly any hesitation I had around, ooh, can I afford to make this hire? evaporates and shifts Mm. immediately into, we got to hurry up because Mm. opportunities being lost without having someone sitting in that chair. Mm, I love that. I love that. I think that opportunity lost is, uh, Mm. is an important, you know, mindset shift around it. And, and I get it, you know, when you're in it, it can feel scary. And, but like I said, just to maybe start really small and let it build from there, but you're definitely losing out on things as well. So maybe think about it from that angle. What am I gaining and what, how will that benefit me having a longer term view, I think makes a big difference. Yeah. Yeah. So you've mentioned starting small a couple of times. Mm -hmm. If I'm about to hire my first virtual assistant, like Mm -hmm. what, where should I look to determine which function to hire for? Mm -hmm. That's a great question. What I would say is two things come to my mind. So one mm-hmm. is where are you, if it's just you right now, where are you the bottleneck? Mm-hmm. Where is the pressure point, right? And where are you getting in the way of your business progressing? And I would just start to write those things down. Yeah. 
right? So you can create some awareness around it for yourself. Like I think that's one checkpoint to look at. I think the other thing I would suggest is to ask yourself, what does the business need right now? Mm-hmm. What does the business need right now? Again, do a, a self-check on that and see, thinking about it in terms of your goals for say the next 12 months or the next six months or whatever time frame feels good. If you have a goal around, I know you're doing a thing on list building right now, right? So right. if you have a goal around growing your, doubling your list, let's say. So what exactly is involved with doing that? Mm-hmm. Right. What are the what's the the chunks of work that's involved with actually bringing that goal to fruition, and that could turn into a marketing role, perhaps, or whatever that looks like for you, depending on what's going on in your business. But what what is the business need right now, and then yes. pull out the role from there. Those are kind of two angles I would suggest. Yeah, yeah. I really that's super helpful. Something else that's coming to mind. I'm just thinking about our hive members. Mm-hmm. Identifying what the business needs. <laughs> and then, I don't know if this is the perfect language, Cindy, but yeah. am I the person to step into this role and get out of my inbox? Mm. Or am I the person to stay in my inbox? There are like four Hive members I'm thinking about right now as I say this, and you know who you are. Say their names. Say their names. All right. I like to think about maybe it's like a hiring triangle, right? Where mm-hmm. there's that. The widest part is so much of that admin work mm-hmm. that if you are a values-driven coach, you can often struggle with the tension around being visible consistently. Mm-hmm. And it might be tempting to go and hire a marketing person so that mm-hmm. I don't have to be visible, but and then I'm just hiding in my inbox. So I don't mm-hmm. know, I don't know if I'm being clear, but I'd love to hear your thoughts around that, that observation. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Are you talking to me right now, Dallas? You calling me out? <laughs> but no, that that's a brilliant point. I, I really love that. And to me, I would also link that to what is the business need? Right? Yes, right. If the, does the business need if again, if it's growth, and I think majority of companies have a growth goal of some kind. So let's mm-hmm. just assume that, right? Then what role do I as the leader need to play to create that? Mm-hmm. Right? That I think there's that from the business angle, but there's also from a personal growth and development angle as well, right? right? Where do I need to shine more? Where do I need to step up more? Where do I need to show up more for my business in order for all of these dreams and ideas that I have to actually happen? Yeah. I, I love that. I love that. I think it's really easy to hide, to use your your wording there and and for it to feel... I don't know, for it to feel safe, maybe, probably, right? For it to feel yeah. safe, but it doesn't really serve, I don't think. Right. Yeah. I just think about myself. We made a hire a year ago, Julie, shout out mm-hmm. to Julie, who came in and really does, she's our project lead. So she keeps the trains running on time. And I could have done that. Let's be honest, I couldn't have done that. <laughs> I could have told myself right. that I could do that and hired someone to move into this like head of marketing position. Mm. But I saw for myself that I needed to mm. step more fully into the role, of course, of coach, but also of like the talent and yeah. the head of marketing, because mm-hmm. that's where my skills were. But that's also where I needed to mm-hmm. stretch my own 
stretch my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we hired Julie and now I get to film Instagram reels every day. So mm, and they're so good. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Are there any other mistakes that come to mind, Cindy, that we should impart on our listeners? The other thought that comes to my mind is I think sometimes we're hesitant or shy to talk about money as well. Mm. And and I think it's normal, right? It's normal. When you're hiring someone, you're going to pay them. They expect to get paid. They're delivering a service. So money is just part of the transaction or part of the interaction. I get that it can feel uncomfortable or awkward, but you got to talk about it and ask the question or, or be upfront in your posting or advertising to say, this is what I'm paying for the job. And I think what that does too, is it helps to have the right person step forward, draw in the right person because there's clarity around that. Yeah. So I would say like, just be clear on what you can, the ability to pay and say it, <laughs> you know, be, be yeah. upfront about it and it's not going to work for everybody. And that's, that's fine. Right. But yeah. don't, don't shy away from that money conversation as well. Yeah, you're right. Because it has to happen before the person gets hired. It has to happen anyhow. Mm-hmm. And you can save a lot of unnecessary work, mm-hmm. right? By being upfront about that in the beginning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it builds that trust factor that we were talking about too. Like yeah. there's no no secrets, nothing to hide. It is what it is. So yeah. let's talk about it. Yeah. That's a great tip for selling also. Yeah. Yeah. Right? yeah. All right. This is so juicy. <laughs> I want to, I have two more questions. Sure. Yeah. I want to first get your insight on how long it actually takes to hire someone. Mm. And then just to wrap the conversation up, what would be some great, if you were to give our listeners an assignment of some Mm. sort or first steps, because a lot of them are in a position where they need to either expand, they need to make their next hire, even if it's another VA or their first. Mm -hmm. But first, let's talk about honestly how long it takes to hire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that the answer everybody wants to hear is it takes like a week, and, and you know you've got, you've got your new person, and you could you could do that. You could have a, a really quick turnaround process. I would just speak to it from the way that I manage searches and the process that I would take a client through is that from start to finish, I would say give yourself. Assuming the process runs completely smoothly, I would say at least sixty days, which is a, a two month window. If you can give yourself 90, I think that gives you a bit of flex, which I think is a good thing. But that's everything from, okay, deciding that I need to hire, getting really clear on the definition of that role, writing an engaging and compelling posting, you know, doing that values work that we talked about, posting the job, getting applications, screening. Like There's a whole process to get from, yes, I want to hire to day one in the job. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think just give yourself the grace of having space to walk through that in a way that doesn't feel rushed. It doesn't feel pressured. And you end up getting a, an awesome person to join your team because you've taken the time. So I would say at, at minimum 60, if you could do 90, that would be even better. Yeah. The best hires that I've been able to make were the longest hires. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So if you could get our listeners started down this path or thinking in the right direction around their next hire, what would you, what assignment would you give them? Mm. Yeah, I have two things pop to my mind and I, I've mentioned them already mm-hmm. in our conversation. So I'll just highlight them here. So the first one I would say is to get clear on which type of role you need to hire. So that department or functional area that we talked about, 
and to make that list of where are there bottlenecks in my in my business? Where am I the bottleneck or what where are things not happening? How are we holding ourselves back right now? Mm-hmm. And just make a list of those things so you can start to get an idea and actually see it, you know, see where you have that opportunity to create more fluidity maybe in your business and to get yourself further ahead towards your goals. So mm-hmm. I would start with one of those kind of activities. The other thing I would say is that whole values piece. That's so, so important, regardless, again, whether it's you're hiring or you're looking for a partnership or you're doing neither of the two. I think really being clear on what your company stands for. And I think about it in terms of the culture of the business, the work environment, how does it feel to be part of your team? Mm-hmm. Right. And again, if even if you have nobody other than yourself, that shows up in your branding, that shows up in your messaging, it shows up in your sales conversations, like there's a thread all the way through and hiring and and recruiting is just another form of marketing, right? The same thing that you're doing in your business is the same, it's the same concept, right? The thing that you're selling is your company and your job, Right. right? The thing, the person that's buying is that candidate. Yeah. So it's exactly the same concept. So you want to be really clear on what am I bringing people into and creating a, an environment and a space where people can actually thrive? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. This You're was welcome. So, so helpful. And also just to, anytime I get to talk to you, I'm happy. So. Of course. <laughs> same, same. Thanks, Cindy. Thank you You're so much. And thank welcome. you to everyone for tuning in. Take some time. Which of these two assignments are you going to accept this week and apply in your own business? Whether you feel like you're overdue for making a hire or you feel like that's far down the road, this work is essential. Great. Cindy Harvey, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to Coaches on a Mission. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, follow, rate, and review. Do all of the things to show your support for this show. It is so helpful for us, and it also helps other coaches find this show. If you want to take this episode further, please follow me on Instagram. I'm Dallas Travers Biz Mentor, and every week I turn our episode into a week-long mini course on my Instagram page. It's designed to help you apply what we talk about during the episode to your business in a super tangible way. So let's be Insta friends. Head on over to Instagram and look for my new handle. Again, it's Dallas Travers Biz Mentor. You can do that now, and you just might find some funny reels while you're there. So believe me when I tell you, it'll be worth it. Okay. Thanks again for tuning in. I truly appreciate that you make time to listen to this show and I hope you have a wonderful week.